Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. This is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Now, you may know this, but Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, the action genre we're, we're talking about here. And we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. Hey, my friend. I'm I'm a little bit wine drawn at this point. <laughs> You're wine drunk. <laughs> I am. Like I'm just uh, I'm feeling that I'm a little bit stressed about about this movie. Like I, I don't even know how it's going to end. At this I think point. you're more stressed about trying to recap the plot. Uh, I am. I'll give it a <laughs> shot though. All right. So in the last installment, friends who have been with us. Did we say this is The Rock, by the way? The final, oh, our final chapter. We should, we should tell you what we're even doing. First of all, happy 2021. We should be about six, uh, seven weeks in at this yeah. point. February, um, happy Valentine's Day, you should, I guess. You should Fish. still be staying at home with your masks on. <laughs> you better be listening to this with a mask on. That's right. Um, and just, and like, just suited up and enjoying life at this point. Um, if yeah, you're so not this, wearing a full outbreak suit... <laughs> <laughs> Turn this off. Oh, this is this actually the perfect. This is actually the perfect movie for you because it's about a pandemic or a potential yeah, spread thereof. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing the Rock, and in this movie, in the last chapter, we're talking about, of course, the plot where a ostensibly crazy general has uh, gotten some men together, taken a bunch of people hostage, stolen a bunch of. Uh, uh, chemical weapons and is holding the world hostage. Um, the United States government has secretly sent in a bunch of Navy SEALs along with a chemical weapons expert and a former guest on The Rock, uh, Alcatraz, yeah. played by Sean Connery. Everyone gets killed in a standoff except for Nick Cage, the weapons expert, and Sean Connery. And so the whole last episode was... Nick Cage trying to convince Sean Connery to please be on my team. That's right. Convincing him, disarming a bunch of rockets. All but three. The United States government deciding, hey, we're going to bomb Alcatraz with some experimental nuclear shit. Um, and General Hummel, played by Ed Harris and his men, taking Sean Connery and Ed, uh, and uh, Nicholas Cage hostage well, he, again. Uh, Cage managed to disarm one more. That's rocket. right. So there's one more two, rocket. There's two left. Two left. They're in jail. They just managed to get out at the at the beginning or at the end of the last episode, and that's where we are now. Yeah, they're on the loose again. There's two rockets to go. There's like less than an hour until the deadline. Uh, yeah. And we're ready to get oh into it. Oh my God, it. chapter five. 
Can you the even believe ultimate. it? This isn't the penultimate chapter. No, this is the ultimate we've chapter. Skipped, we've skipped right over Pent and gone into ultimate. <laughs> so, at the end of the last episode, Mason and Goodspeed have gotten out of their cages thanks to Mason's uh, patented mattress rope like fabric thing with a wheel attached to it, it like was, sling it if over if a it thing. Was it's good like, enough to work in like 63, it's good enough to work now. Trade secrets, my son. So um, elsewhere, the bad guys are trying to decide what to do with their last two rockets if the government won't play nice. So the newcomers, led by Fry and Darrow especially, yeah. Fry is just not, he will not shut up about <laughs> what time it is. The rockets are ready to fly, sir. It is th- It is. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sir. The rock's we're, ready to fly. We're, we're ready to go. We're caught by ready to rock. Come on, it's like, the way he's like lying on the cot is like also just weird. His foot's bouncing around. He's, he's wired like, or something. He seems like he's on coke. I think I, I used to watch this show and think, oh, this guy got shot at some point because he's kind of lying there like he's a wounded man, but he's not wounded. He's just, I don't know what. He's, he's just, just kind made of an a, asshole. He's just made a performance choice to lie uh, on the cot in an awkward position. Yeah. Um, outside... Mason looks to be leaving again, and Stanley, good speech, trying to convince him to change his mind again. Yeah. Uh, Mason says, Hummel won't launch the rocket. She's a soldier, not a murderer. I do love that. Yeah. That he got a read on him, like, in their in their brief conversation. Like, he understands that in that moment that Hummel doesn't have the stomach to do this. I, I like it, too. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. Back to the bad guy arguments. Captain Darrow, played by Candyman, <laughs> thinks that they should launch one of the rockets if the deadline passes in three minutes. That's right. We should shoot one of our rockets up their ass or something like that. Sir. He, he's always very careful. Uh, Sir. It is strange. It's um, strange. It's a, it's a faux deference. Right. He, he's super intense, too. Like, both of those guys, Fry and Darrow, are both super intense. Because, so, I mean, the deadline is three <laughs> short minutes away. You and I, I would be shitting myself <laughs> and you. I'd be shitting you. So the phone rings. And everyone looks very excited, like Santa's just called. It's yes. General Kramer saying, hey, bud, how's everything going? We need another hour. That's like the standard movie, like, I need some to buy some time. Excuse. That's like Trump saying, like that. that's uh, like Trump saying, we need two more weeks. It's like, there's a, <laughs> we've had some trouble with the transfer. We need to, we're waiting on the final authorization from the president. We need like, two more weeks. That shit makes, ex- that makes sense when it's like at the city level. Yeah. But when it's the president, there's no trouble with the wire transfer. There's no, no like, we're just waiting on that final authorization. Someone like, got the numbers wrong. Yeah. That didn't Bullshit. happen. So Hummel says, no, no, no. We're good. You have three minutes and then hangs up. Darrow and Fry and even Major Tom Baxter seem to agree that, hey, if we're going to do this, we should go ahead and launch. They're calling our bluff, sir. They are playing you for a fool, sir. sir. Yeah, just deferential. And then and Fry, even, and like, come on, General, let's be all we can be. Which is not a ma- But it was the Army slogan yeah, at it's the like time. It's like not a Marine yeah. slogan. Fine, uh, whatever. It's still a creepy line. Yeah, he's he's. They're both crazy. They're yeah. both fucking crazy. But Hummel, it's like, gives that steely blue-eyed nod and affirmation. We're gonna like, do fine, it. yeah. So back outside, Goodspeed's telling Mason that the mission is not complete. Mason says, once it is, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going back to jail or I'm dead. Yeah. So Goodspeed grabs they're Mason. They're both right. Yeah, they both like, are. They definitely. both are 100 percent correct. Caught between saying. a rock and a hard 
case again. <laughs> uh, Mason punches Goodspeed in the gut. Uh, poor Stanley says, like, fine, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. And I like this jogging off in different directions because as soon as they start jogging, as soon as you see uh-huh. Mason jogging, the look on Mason's face changes. And it's like you get the feeling that Mason's up to something that the split up is on purpose. Really? Yeah. You got that? I yeah. thought at that moment he was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Trying to watch it again with fresh eyes, it was almost as if he thought that they would they had a better chance of accomplishing the mission if they split up at this point. Interesting. Because they wouldn't be going in together. His goal at this point was to shadow Stanley so that whatever okay. ill befell Stanley, he, he could, could save help. him? Yes. Okay. That was I like that, that. That's the whole point that I, he was just trying to throw Stanley off because he knew that Stanley would try to follow him around and he didn't want to be in the same place if Stanley got jumped. It's good that he did this because, like, Goodspeed was spotted by a bad guy immediately. immediately. I mean, immediately. Like, he'd, he'd run 10, 15 <laughs> feet. So, yes, Stanley, like, gets spotted immediately by some miscellaneous goon that we've never seen because, of yeah. course, we've never even seen this guy. No, we have a, a, I have a, I have a good feeling that he's not going to yeah. be the end of Goodspeed. So I, I like that Goodspeed's like, do you want to, you want to open paper or plastic or glass or plastic? Glass or like, plastic. Glass, glass or, plastic. or plastic. Yeah. Like asking him to like, which vessel do you want to end up in? Which is great. But the guy's not like, I, I don't have time to argue this Did point. Did you detect anything strange in this scene in, about um, Cage's performance? Just that it it felt like like some other lines where it was like he said, "Give me a chance to rattle off these lines that I've come up with." Okay, because that that scene, the glass or plastic bit, had just been written like moments before, and he was reading his lines off a cue card, and he like said that Bruckheimer. He felt like Bruckheimer was telling him, "We can tell you're reading off a cue card," but I never got that impression. And watching it, even looking for that, I didn't. He's looking all over the place, but I never got the impression that he was like reading. I didn't get the impression that he was reading, but I did get the impression that someone it felt like Saturday Night Live where they were like, these are the these are your lines and you have to say them. And it was like it didn't feel like even for Stanley, it didn't feel like lines that he would be like trying to confuse the guy. Well, with. It's like he's trying to talk this guy into to changing sides. Yeah. And helping him. But that's not the way to do it. Appeal yeah. to the guy's humanity, not appeal to the guy's like. Come like, on, like you're I can end up in a container. This thing. We don't have to kill all these people. Yeah, mm. it it seemed very awkward to me. Of all the lines, even more awkward than the lines that are coming up. This seemed <laughs> this seemed more awkward than that. Anyway, at this moment, Mason sneaks up and breaks the guy's neck, gives the guy's rifle to good speed. Mason says that he, <laughs> I well, couldn't bear he, to let your child grow up without a with, father. He taps that rifle down on his shoulder. I don't think he knows that it's Mason behind him. I think he thinks. I think that once he feels the rifle on his shoulder, he knows. It's Mason? Yeah. I thought he, I, in my mind, in my perception was that he thinks he's changed that bad guy's mind. Like, I don't think he heard the commotion of the guy getting his neck snapped and falling. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. He just seems like very, everything like just goes from bit to bit. I do love this bit. Yeah, with Mason. Same. Yeah, he says I couldn't. I couldn't bear to think about your child growing up without a father, um, and I doubt that I could swim to shore. So <laughs> to we, me, Mason, like the idea that he has a child who grew up without a father. Yeah, absolutely. And he knows the damage that that seems to have done, and he doesn't want to see that happen to another child or another dad. Like 
There's Absolutely. a lot of there's a lot to it more so than is on the surface just when you're watching. And if you're as in tune to the music and movies as we are, it's at this moment that the Mason Redemption theme plays again. That little the flute song? Well, it plays in the French horns in the orchestra. Oh, okay. Same theme again. I think it's the Mason is a good guy. Yeah, it's theme. the Mason like trying to redeem himself theme mm. from from stealing the microfiche. I will. <laughs> so good, up I on think. the yeah. So up, up on the on the roof. <laughs> so up on the roof, the rocket is ready to fire. Sergeant Crisp is having second thoughts. He's like, oh man, this is if we're gonna like what? But Captain Fry says we haven't talked much about Crisp. Yeah, Crisp is... He's like, he seems to be maybe the fourth in command of Hummel's original right, team. Right. And all of Hummel's guys seem like good guys. Right. John they are, C. They are Marines. McKinley, uh, that's David Morse. Yeah. And this guy, Chris, was played by Bokeem Woodbine. Who's awesome. He, like, he, he brings like a decency to the part where he's like, like killing Navy SEALs is one thing, but are we really going to do this? Like, he doesn't want to see this happen. Exactly. He's exactly. got a soul and a conscience. But Captain Fry, in his crazy way, looks over and says, this is just business. Yeah. Um, if you hadn't seen the movie before, you'd think that a Crisp is definitely about to die. Um, <laughs> just because of this exchange. The bad guys enter the launch coordinates and wait for Hummel's word. We see some B-roll. There's a very pregnant pause. Yeah, we see some B-roll of San Francisco. Like daily life in the city People going about their business, and it's like, oh, man, this is sad. So at the control board, after this very pregnant pause, Hummel finally gives the command to fire. Goodspeed and the guys back at the FBI command base all start to panic. Everyone's like jumping up and looking out of windows I to see like where the even, rocket's yeah, going to fire. Wherever Goodspeed and Mason were, they must have been able to hear the launch because right. Goodspeed leaps up and is looking out a window and sees a rocket flying off. Right. So Hummel begins then typing on his terminal as the rocket appears headed to hit a stadium full of football fans who we hear from Paxson there in Oakland. Which I was like looking at the this. Raiders. So they're saying Oakland. The map that they're looking at, the like the radar map or whatever, shows the location as being like where the Oakland Coliseum is, where the Raiders would play. But that's definitely Candlestick Park, which is where the Niners played back then. Right. Um, So I don't know. And one of the like people at FBI command says it's heading towards Elmwood, which is like where Berkeley is. Okay. So I don't know if there was just confusion among the writing of how this would be done. But it's definitely Candlestick Park is the is the stadium we see. They couldn't decide who they wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> what's weird also is it seems as though everyone's able to see what's happening. But, I mean, Candlestick or Oakland are miles and miles you would, you and would miles not, You would not be able to see from Alcatraz anything. on any given day. It'd be where, out of sight where, in a few seconds. Where the anything was flying. Yeah. No. It's, no, not at all. Oakland is like by as the crow flies, it's probably five miles from Alcatraz, and you still wouldn't see where the a rocket was going. Yeah, disappear by the time it was a half a mile away, you wouldn't see it anymore. Correct. Okay, so we're on the same page there. No, we we definitely are. So at at the last second, as the rocket changes course, heading out to sea, we see it splashing harmlessly into the ocean and detonating, which we guess means no loss of like marine life or anything like if it's in the ocean it's like if they said to kill everything in an eight block radius or whatever like that then there's nothing in like like aerosol yeah so 
Also, the radar guy had said, like, he's heading out to sea, but based on the radar that he's looking at, it was going to crash somewhere in, like, the middle of the San Francisco Bay, like, sort of between Oakland and San Francisco, which is still, like, eight miles across. Yeah. So it's, I think it's still far enough it's, away from people to see, but it is odd, then, that, like, Fry, Captain Fry and these others seem to have been able to see what's happening. Yeah. And it's like... Nah, I also I also shit. want to know what VX gas does to the water, water, sea life. Yeah, it fucks some shit up. I'm sure, right? It has to um, kill everything that was living in the nearby area. One is it think. is it like an oil spill? You know, do you have to like safely get out there and clean it up. Yeah, or just wait just, for it to dissipate. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. So we get that Hummel has aborted this attack. Yeah. Good speed and Good everyone speed else. is like it. They missed. How the fuck could he possibly well, and then, know and that? Well, then Mason is like great, and then Good speed's like there? yeah, but we still got one more. It's like, very great, but I'm just like, how could Good speed doesn't know if it hit or missed from looking out the window? It's like miles and miles and miles. We away. just have to assume he's good at geography. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Let's or go with- or it, my my thing is that he didn't see an explosion. But it wouldn't be like a mushroom cloud, right? It'd be, I don't. I think you'd see any. You would would hear an explosion. Maybe you'd hear an explosion for a few miles in any direction. And and if you didn't hear anything, you didn't hear anything, then they must have missed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're gonna assume that he either saw it or heard it. I yeah. He's much smarter than I am. (laughs) He's a doctor, for God's sake. For God's sake. Um, Yeah, he's relieved, (laughs) but there's one rocket left. We cut back to the bad guys. Captain Darrow, Candyman, is confused and angry. What the fuck happened? What's what, going on? What? He's just super pissed. Um, Major Tom says, hey, bud, <laughs> why don't you step outside so I can talk to my homeboy, Hummel? Baxter clearly knows what's going on, yeah. right? Okay. He's like, he's like, shit's coming on Do you round. think, like, were he and Hummel, like, best buds? Yeah. Like, friends for decades? Best buds for 35 years. Okay. They've been through the shit together. They, yeah. They, they've served with each other since Vietnam. So back at FBI command, um, Paxton wants to get the Pentagon on the phone um, because shit just got real. <laughs> B- back on the rock, Goodspeed and Mason enter the building looking for the last rocket where Mason finds another rifle. And it's at this point that they start sort of like overhearing the argument between Hummel and his men. Yeah. We hear that Baxter knows that Hummel aborted the rocket attack and he calls him out. Hummel says... He calls him like, you're being insubordinate. Yeah, which he I'm said, like... He said, if you're going to be insubordinate, you could be like good-natured about like, it or something like that. Break. Like, come on, Like, guy. are we still like... I think the chain of command is out the window with yeah. launching rockets at civilians. At this point, it's like, even after you've kidnapped people, the chain of command is like yeah. suspect. So <laughs> Hummel says... He's not prepared to kill civilians. Baxter suggests extending the deadline and then says, hey, I'm going to do it myself. Right. He picks up the sat phone Yeah, he or picks it up to call, but Hummel then, like, forces him to hang up at gunpoint. I love the writing here of Hummel asking Baxter thrice. Yeah. Sort of evoking some biblical imagery. Oh, shit. Jesus, Jesus talking to Simon Peter. Yeah. As a friend, then a superior officer, then as a man with a loaded gun, like saying, asking him three yeah. times, and then Baxter's still like. I was also. So anyway, I was also thinking, like, is this the first like little Tarantino sort of standoff? I think um, it is. Touch. Yeah. Okay. Um. There's 
definitely some biblical imagery there. So then we cut to the White House, and you you called this out because I'd never even really thought about it because I was <laughs> I was always just so focused on the imagery. But like the president, who is this just like dumpy sort of dude, just starts making a long winded speech to no one to in no particular. One, uh, Chief of Staff Sinclair is there, and no one else. And he's like, this is the toughest decision I've ever had to make. 100 million civilians against 81 hostages. On and on. He says it's it's the worst call I'll ever have to make, but I'm still going to authorize this. He acknowledges the the wrongness of what the U.S. uh, government has done, it seems. So why not pay the money? uh, You know, you don't want to be doing it at, at, at the behest of a terrorist, but... At the same time, he recognizes that what they did was wrong. I don't know why he wouldn't at that point say some wrongdoing has been done. Come in. Let's have hearings. Let's talk about it. Instead of saying we we can't offer you the money, but we're willing to have hearings. We're willing to acknowledge that we, we want it. We, yeah, we, we want to make it right. We want it. We want the American government to acknowledge and have hearings. I think Hummel would have gone with that. He would have for yeah. sure. Now but this guy's like fuck it. Darrow let's nuke and the, Fry let's nuke want the that money, so oh. they might they want not their have fucking liked it. money. Yeah, they could have even gone that route and had Darrow and Fry be like, "Fuck that, we're here to get paid, dude." I want um, my money. It's also during the president's speech that we get our first glimpse of Jim Caviezel as one of the Air Force pilots. A young his name Jesus. is Jesus. <laughs> a young Jesus. <laughs> that um, same actor played the president in uh, Armageddon. Oh, interesting. Apparently, I wondered if that, awesome. does that make it a shared universe? Yes. <laughs> this happened in the same world as Armageddon. Tough year for that guy. <laughs> Tough year for President, whatever a his lot name of scandals. is. Well, he got reelected, apparently. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, we see we see Carla Paxton, others at the FBI Mobile Command. Like, no one's happy about this after the president's like, "Yeah, let's go for it. Let's just nuke the shit." I get that dropping the bombs might be like the right thing to do, the right call in this moment, but they're way past the deadline. Like we're three minutes away, or past, or past the three minutes probably by now. Right. Like that, they're just now making the decision to bomb the island. Shouldn't that decision have been made a while ago? Like, if they were serious about launching the rockets, they would have been launched before your jets get there to right. wipe the island out right that's all i had to say about that is we well, know that thermite plasma was ready to go with 50 minutes to the deadline and now the deadline has elapsed and they're just now making the call to launch the jets yeah i think that i don't, I don't know if like hummel was anticipating the fact that it was like well we're gonna have some laps on one side so like i mean obviously he never had any intent to do it that's true but I just think the president, the decision to drop the bomb should have been made hours ago. Agreed. Absolutely like, agreed. If we're doing it, we're doing it. Yep. I totally agree with you. So it's at this point that all of all of Hummel's men are like, hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? This ain't cool. So Hummel confirms, hey, <laughs> I I blew off the attack. That ain't no big deal. This so, was great, this moment with Chris. Yeah, Chris, Chris said that makes us look gutless though fry correctly surmises that now they're gonna come at us with everything they've got now that they don't think we're gonna yeah because we've got like we've been emasculated yeah baxter says that the authorities can't be sure they've that we've missed on purpose baxter tom uh major tom yeah but then fry also correctly says like (laughs) 
Well, that makes us look stupid. That makes us. Oh, oh, then we're not just we're not gutless. gutless. We're incompetent. Yeah. So it, like Hummel says, hey, we've planned for this contingency. We're going to load the last of the gas onto a chopper with four hostages and you guys get the fuck out of here and I'm going to take the fall for whatever comes after. So it seems to me this was always like Hummel's last resort plan, but did the other guys know about it before this moment? My question then is that would he have been able to get everyone on board with this plan? I think he thought the chain of command is going to hold and they're going to follow my orders. That like seems... if I tell them we're boarding the plan and get on this plane helicopter and leave, yeah. then that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but Darrow and Fry have other plans. Well, they're fucking crazy as shit. Darrow says, hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. <laughs> what about the fucking money? Hummel says there is no fucking money. And people just continue to say fucking money for about three minutes. He's like, the mission he says, is over. The mission's over. Fry and Darrow bucket this. Baxter reminds him that they're soldiers under orders. Darrow correctly points out that they're not soldiers anymore in this situation. I like They're that. mercenaries. And, mercenaries and he get, wants his fucking money. Uh, the mercenaries get paid. I want my fucking money. Everyone's like, no one can stop saying That's fucking exactly money. That's exactly right, though. No, it is. It's like, I didn't break my oath to the military to not get paid. Correct. I love this, though. This is where Hummel lays out his true colors for everyone to see. Yes, I love he it. says, I'm not about to kill 80,000 innocent people. I like that he clarifies that he's not, in fact, out of his mind. Yeah, and he would I'm, never. Yeah, he would have, my fucking mind. He would have never killed innocent people. We, we bluffed. bluffed. They called it. The mission's over. Yeah. But then Fry, crazy face, says, whoever said anything about bluffing, General? That is the danger of you create like a fucking army of psychos behind you and then you lose control of them. Yeah, Hummel's like, hey, bud, stand down. Mason at good speed. Say <laughs> it down, Captain. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. delivery. Oh, it's awesome. He's like, fucking get back. Hummel orders Baxter to take them in and evacuate, but Baxter's like, hey, nah. Um, <laughs> Darrow He's then like, it's not like, that simple, sir. Then Darrow says, hey, Crisp, lock Hummel up. I'm going to take command. And then there's like a whole thing. The tension that's building in this scene is great with the music and the the, close-ups and all that. Chris says, give me your sidearm. And Hummel pulls his, like, this sidearm. It's like, pulls his gun out. And it's a full-blown Mexican standoff. You don't know which way it's going to go. But it's at that moment that Baxter, who at this point has been Hummel's right-hand man the whole time, pulls his gun, feigns like he's siding with Darrow, uh-huh. And says, but right. Like he said. Yeah, but like he said. It's over. The mission's over. And then he shoots Darrow in the shoulder. What I want to know is, like, he's point blank range. You couldn't shoot Darrow in the face. You needed the headshot, man. God damn. Anyway. It's still pretty badass. He shoots Darrow in the shoulder. A shootout pops off. I love that in the end, like, Baxter is loyal to Hummel. He's a good Marine. Like, he's like. He was, know, a, he was right. his ride or die. Yeah, for life. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It makes me very down. it makes me very sad to see David Morse go at this moment. Yeah, him and Crisp both get killed quickly and I hate it for Crisp. Like he had this look of heartbreak yeah. on his face when he got he, shot. Like, he, I think he also he, he did not want Hummel. to be in the situation that he was in. I think he like I think Hummel had been someone that he really respected and looked up to and had like sort of hitched his career to being one of Hummel's men. Agreed. 
Agreed. By Crisp, sadly. By Baxter, sadly. And then we see also that in this shootout, Hummel is getting touched up. Yeah, yeah, he bad. got shot pretty good. And the, the, physical, the physical acting with the squibs is really good, too. It's like as they're going off, it's like the body movement is what's really a, good. What's a little less good is that when Hummel falls down, you can see he clearly like falls onto a stunt mat. Oh, really? Yeah. To, <laughs> I didn't I'll see that. It back up. I never noticed it, but he falls on a big blue stunt mat. Oh, and it's like, that's, oh, that's shitty. Okay, well, yeah. maybe it was in there for yoga purposes <laughs> for, <laughs> Am- for Alcatraz. Absolutely. Anyway. Uh, we see then that like Mason starts shooting. He and Goodspeed sort of enter. And it's like, like um, uh, they're like he's like, I'll cover you so that Stanley can go in and grab Hummel and pull him and out. And Mason's him like, out. like yeah, laying down, suppressing fire. And then it's at that moment, like you hear Hummel's like, what have I done? He's full of remorse. Like fuck's sake, man! Uh, you know this was like the most likely like scenario. A, an hour and forty minutes in, yeah, no shit. Uh, with his dying breath, Hummel tells Goodspeed the last rocket's in the lower lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Goodspeed runs off to the lower lighthouse while Mason holds the bad guys at bay. That's right. We get this, this whole bit is fast and furious. Darrow goes after Goodspeed while Fry battles uh, Mason in the little headquarters there. Sure. We see Fry roll a couple of grenades into the bathroom. His giggles... After, after those uh, grenades Fry. go off. Yeah, Fry is crazy, man. I will give Fry credit. That was some precision grenade tossing. He got them to, like, roll to curl into the bathroom door. He's crazy. Like, he, and his laugh when they go off, he's like, <laughs> it's nuts. Um, yes. We see Mason dive into a cast iron tub to avoid the blast. Like, a, a big light fixture falls on him. That's he right. avoids that. Then, meanwhile, out at the lighthouse... Uh, Goodspeed works frantically to defuse the rocket. Um, we see Darrow arrive. He's like <laughs> taunting him while Mason gets the VX gas out of the canister. Darrow sort of stalks with the gun and knife, taunting him before. Oh man, it's so well, great! Before Goodspeed is like holding the yeah. VX balls are like exposed. Oh, it's it's and crazy. He's like, do you know how this shit works? Do you know how this shit works with the knife? That's the first time Goodspeed swore. That's right. He's broken his uh his uh maiden voyage on cursing. Um, the Rocket I, Man bit is a little I, I, cheesy. I, I think we got started. I I always hated this, but now watching it in retrospect and like loving Nick Cage as much as uh-huh. I do, I get it. He's like, I think we got started off on the wrong foot. Stan Goodspeed, FBI. Let's talk music. Do you like Elton John? Do you like the Elton John song Rocket Man? Darrow says, I don't like soft ass shit. <laughs> I love that line. I feel like Darrow, to me, is the one who salvages this scene. Oh, yeah. As much as he can because he's... I don't like, like when he's soft like, ass shit. That, like, do you know how this shit works? Like, waving the knife around. I was like, he's kind of... He's making the scene work. He is me. unhinged. Yes. Completely unhinged. And then... I and don't then, like soft ass shit. And Nick Cage says, <laughs> I only bring it up because it's you. You are the rocket man. <laughs> and then hits the ignite, the, like the ignite button, and like yeah. off he goes into the wild. It's a cool shot of the body flying through the air with the rocket headed out to sea before the body gets impaled on whatever the fuck that pole is. Yeah, how would would that? Sh- what would really happen if you were standing in front of a rocket that got pressed to launch? Because it doesn't. It's not going immediately 100 miles an hour. I, I think that the, the physics... Would it happen kind of like in the I movie? I think the physics probably works in that it hits you, and before it hits 
like whatever propulsion level is yeah that you might drop off before it hits that next before gear. it really takes off yeah like going you know, supersonic whatever, whatever it is yeah okay i'm not a physicist I'm. I get my if degree you know next what would week. Happen, please let us know, because I'm curious as hell. Well, we want to know what would happen in that situation if a rocket hit a two hundred and thirty or forty pound man. Would it lift him up off the ground and carry him a little bit of ways, and then he drop off? Yeah. I, I, Put this shit on Reddit. We'll get an answer. <laughs> Ten minutes. We'll have a million experts telling yeah. us exactly what would happen. Anyway, the effect is cool looking. <laughs> we see we see Goodspeed go to the edge, the roof of the lighthouse. Why does he go up onto the roof? Um, uh, to stay in the main area. I don't know. Maybe because he thinks that if the rockets diffuse, that's where they'll be easiest to handle. I don't know. I don't even know. So anyway, he starts to diffuse the rocket. We see Fry get to where he is. Um, up on like uh, that upper level, he like takes out an yeah. axe and Where like take it to the door. There's just an axe conveniently left behind, like near the door, like a fire axe. It's like mounted, like like where you, he like just a takes a off fire. the wall and starts hacking at that locked door. Yeah, okay. One of the balls of VX uh, drops. Good speed's able to just catch it before it rolls off the roof. That Fry. was a very memorable like yes trailer so, shot. Yeah, you remember that in like diving running for, for it. it. Yeah, so. Um, it's at, at that moment that Fry arrives, starts shooting up through the roof blindly. Another dangerous <laughs> then, thing to do if there's VX gas in the mix. That's, that's what I'm saying is like, what is a million, one million dollars worth to you at this point? Your life? You're, but also, you're not going to get paid because the guy that's going to pay you is dead. The money is already off the table. Yeah, what are you, like, wouldn't that guy be trying to get off the island? Maybe he's... I wonder if he's who's able to fly the helicopters. They have the bad guys have helicopters on the island. We never see them, but they're there, I guess. He has to know everyone on that of team. One of them is a pilot, unless yeah. all the pilots have been killed off already. So it's at this point that we see I'd take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Bad guy <laughs> starts shooting with a heavy machine gun I from a, another rooftop. I love his chatter. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you now. I'm going to get you, baby. I got you now, baby. So Goodspeed tucks the VX ball. Under a grate. No, he the whole little stream under a grate at the lighthouse. Yeah. He then removes the guidance chip from the rocket. Then we see, I'm going to get you, gotten you, boy. Guy, like, <laughs> running out of bullets, picks up a sniper rifle instead. He's got all the tools. Mason jumps him, flips him off the roof. Yes. Good speed jumps down off the lighthouse, evading Fry. There's so much jumping with that little pellet of vx gas like i don't need like that shit touched a, a wall earlier and everyone died yeah. I, I don't even know how this is possible cage said on the commentary that he uh he was sort of annoyed by all the diving around after making such a big deal about how how delicate the vx balls are but he's like but you know what are you gonna do i well, well i get that he's his life's on the line from these bullets, too. You know, like, he's got to at least try to jump and just hope it doesn't break. I'm into that. But it is a miracle. Much that like me and you. Didn't break. Yeah, we're all thinking that. So we then see Air Force jets approach seven minutes from target. Which, of course, are naval uh, Blue Angels footage. Right, I guess, right. But whatever. Right. It is what it is. So the next shot we see is High Sweetie, bad guy. <laughs> jump out from nowhere he randomly steps out and wants to fist fight and it's like Mason. it's like where has he been this whole time he's like okay 
But um, Mason gets a chain wrapped around the dude's neck and pushes the slack down a hole. Yeah. Which, like, Chokes hangs the guy. Strangles like, him or whatever. Yeah, strangles the guy out. This bit always felt just out of place to me, didn't it, to you? All of the, all of the end of this, Maybe at it should this have point, happened before, before yeah. we got to the sniper guy on the roof, because it's like, this guy's completely anonymous. This this bit, and, and, the, guy, about, like, and I, the guy with sniper rifle guy, it's like, huh? The bit about him talking about, you English prick, they ever tell you my old man was Irish? But he's Scottish. He's Scottish. It's like, like now it's personal or something. Plus, as you mentioned before, he's never heard. You never Mason heard him talk. talk. He doesn't know what not one time. Is. Not one time. It, it hasn't been circulated. If you hear, if you hear a Scottish man talk, <laughs> you kill that bastard. It's never been said. So anyway, the Scottish is not in English anyway. It's all weird and no. not that good. But so, whatever. There's no stakes on that fight. It's not none, like there's any chance Connery's about to die at all. So Mason. Chokes this dude out, grabs a walkie-talkie, yeah, and guy, presses like, on. the radio or something. Yeah. We then see Goodspeed continuing on the run from Fry in Hot Pursuit. Yeah. Uh, Fry finally gets Goodspeed trapped I with I, his gun. I can't figure out where it is even that Goodspeed's running to. I I don't either. Like, he's just like some... He's just running away, where, I guess. Yeah, like wherever. So he takes the little ball of VX gas pockets it sticks it in his breast pocket and then he's like tucked behind a counter and tosses the chip out into the open so that when Fry walks into the room he bends to pick it up and at that point yeah like Goodspeed's like I'm gonna attack which begs the question why did he put the ball in his pocket instead of literally anywhere else I don't know, dude. He's like, let me tuck this in my pocket and then go and fight why, a guy. Why wouldn't he throw it at him and run? Or put it someplace where it's not going to get ruptured and then try to fight the guy. Why wouldn't he throw it at him and run? Well, Hit well, him he with it. He would have been within range. I guess he would have had to atropine himself. Yeah, I would have been fine with that, too. I would have been like, throw it at him and, been then, and then actually. dive out a window. Yeah, I guess anyway. he wanted to have a little bit of fist fighting, but that's not... Good speeds for it's, it's because the next bit is memorable movie fodder. Ooh, where, it is. Where oh. Fry Fry jumps on good speed. They start like a hand to hand combat deal. Fry's like, I'm gonna choke my million dollars out of you, my million bucks out of you. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. It's so good. But then it's at that it's also the back and forth camera movement, like mm-hmm. he's getting choked out. And then we see Stanley like reach up with that ball and like stuff it in his in mouth. In his mouth and sort of punch him in the face. It's badass. It like ruptured that thing in his mouth, dude. Thank God he had that VX ball, but Jesus. Yeah, so we, he's like, we, eat that, you fuck. So Stanley has fully broken his only rule. His only, his only, <laughs> like Batman. I don't know. Yeah, he's fully swearing now, which that line even seemed a little bit more out of place to me than like the. Do you the know how this line? shit works line? Yeah, agreed. Because I'm just like, that just doesn't seem like him, but I'm going to go with it. But man, when he spews that VX like liquid out of his mouth and like it's going to work on him, it's like yeah. that shit. Does that make your skin crawl like it does mine? Yeah, big time. Like he's spewing it like fucking uh, Triple H. <laughs> 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 like yeah. spewing it up in oh, the air. Oh man, oh, even just time. thinking about it, it gives me time. that response in my taint. Now, <laughs> that vasovagal response. <laughs> yes. As the gas begins to paralyze 
both Fry and Goodspeed. Well, Goodspeed takes Fry's his, in a little worse trouble. Yeah. Like he's got these open sores on uh, him and it's stuff. It's terrible. gruesome. Yeah, Goodspeed takes out the atropine, and as we've been wondering all along, could you stab yourself in the chest with it? I don't know that Goodspeed does because he hits a little low. Didn't we think he's like real low? It looks it looks sort of low, but I'm wondering if it's just like enough to close do enough it needs to, to get do. it in the bloodstream because you need to do like like up here, right? I would think it wants to puncture the heart muscle like around your xiphoid process, like right in your your breastplate or oh just off God. center. I don't know, That's but um, rough man. There was a cool syringe too because it was like. He hit a like a trigger or something, and the needle like shot out of the thing. Yeah, like the needle wasn't out all the time. Very cool syringe. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> it. Anyway, so the airstrike at that moment is a minute out. That's when we get the very uh, melodramatic line from Paxton on shore. God help their. May mer- God have mercy, mercy on, on their, their souls. souls. <laughs> yeah. Who's even talking to the pi- about the pilots? The pilots. Okay. Um, and, they're about to and, kill and a bunch people, of civilians. And the people who are about to die. And it's at this moment that Goodspeed somehow, with the syringe still sticking out of his chest, remembers that. Oh hey, the green flares were like we the had signal. to send those up yeah. to signal hey. The mission is complete. They went back and played like a snippet of dialogue from Michael Bean's uh, Commander right. Anderson from earlier about like, you know, green smoke is the signal that we've missions complete. Do you think that was needed? The audio to remind the viewer? Yeah, far too much has happened at this point to remember think, what a green flare. Meant. I bet you on my first viewing of the movie, I would have forgotten all about green flares. Like, I think at that moment that I would have been like, oh, OK. Oh, he's been set. Wait, what's he doing? Oh, well, like if you yeah, just yeah, got yeah, him yeah, out, yeah. would you remember? Like maybe, maybe it, it's a more it's a better payoff, I think, to hear it said. So I I'm good with that. But then we hear we hear Paxson say that God have mercy on our souls. The just fly under the Golden Gate Bridge. That shot is fucking amazing. It's obviously, awesome. I think CGI. It's so but good. Obviously CGI, but still, it looks fucking awesome. Um, I know speed. jets could do that. Like a yeah. good pilot could do that. Yeah, it's fucking rad. Goodspeed's frantically waving the green flares. The jets bear down on Alcatraz. Dude, uh, Michael Bay said the way he's got the flares out, you know, he's in that kind of Christ pose almost. Yeah. Is like a platoon homage, he called it. When uh, I Willem Dafoe's character gets killed off and he's got his arms out like that. That's heartbreaking. It's very cool, though, as well. Like, Man, go watch Platoon if you've never yeah, seen that Platoon. That shit's on Netflix, and that's a truly deserving like Best Picture winner. Oh, man. Awesome Platoon flick. is so good. Anyway. You can see Tony Todd slash Candyman and <laughs> yeah, John C. McGinley. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we see Goodspeed, not in Platoon, no. frantically waving the green flares and the jets bear down on Alcatraz. FBI spotters at the last minute, as they do, see the green smoke and the order to abort is quickly relayed to the pilots. Not quick enough. Unfortunately, the jets peel off, but the lead jet had already dropped his load, if you will. <laughs> um, there's a huge explosion um, good speed goes flying through the air. A stuntman clearly on wires goes yeah, flying n- through the air. Not, not Nick Cage. Uh, yeah. Flying into the but that, icy cold water. Dude, that shot from directly above, like looking down, oh, the explosion awesome. and the thing, it's like all, I think they got a clean visual shot from a helicopter of the island, yeah. but then put in a CGI plane and CGI explosion, and it all looks 
fucking amazing. It looks awesome. It's awesome. The details in that shot, like you're seeing exhaust, like heat exhaust from the yeah. jet. Oh, it's So much cool stuff is happening in that shot that's like the it's awesome. You're like, me. I don't even care if it's real or not. Yeah, fuck Who it. Who even cares? <laughs> fuck it. Um, Carla is distraught. Yeah, everyone at FBI Mobile Headquarters is like, oh no. Yeah. The pilot says the bomb did not hit the main building where the hostages are. Thank goodness. That's a, yeah. a big plot point. Um, it's at that point that we see John Mason dive into the icy, <laughs> cool waters of the bay to fish out Stanley yeah, Goodspeed. Yeah, dude, that water would be brisk. And October, uh, in the bay fucking real cold it's at this moment when mason dives in to retrieve stanley uh, do we, we hear the third theme statement yeah. of the mason redemption song which is cool He's so we, a hero. we definitely it's like they that was that was the whole thing is like mason's like i'm trying to recarve my life here then we hear Paxson trying to raise good speed on the radio on all frequencies yeah it's like uh just going on all frequencies and it sort of crackles to life there yeah, mason hears the radio crackle tosses to good speed good speed confirms hostages are which all uh, 81 are confirmed which alive he actually doesn't couldn't know that yeah but and then immediately womack jumps on the radio says where's mason he's obsessed with mason so good speed and his like big repaying of the favor to mason tells him like mason was killed sir and then he's like, what? How? He's like, just come he's and like, get yeah, me. Yeah, just come get me. But that's a great moment of humanity from Goodspeed. Yeah, I love it. I, I love I, it, too. I dug it as well. It's at that point that Goodspeed tells Mason that Womack tore up his pardon early yeah. on, like right at the beginning. Which Mason knew already. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like, I figured. Yeah. Uh, Goodspeed tells him the sealed dive equipment should be where they left it. And if you can make it over to the hotel room where I was staying in room 26, Yeah, that there's a gun and some money, or is it just some He's money? Some ca- he had some cash in the Bible and some and a change of clothes. Yeah, some money and some clothes. They're, we won't pay too much attention on the fact that they're not the same size. Right. Um, well, yeah, fine. Who cares? <laughs> maybe they're okay. sweats and stuff. Yeah. But also, I think the missing seal gear... <laughs> would be uh, would be like would be noticed right yeah. like wait a second are you sure mason's dead because the seal like little submersible shit is gone now uh, like maybe it drifted away who knows i don't know either anyway. yeah so mason asks him about the etymology of his last name Goodspeed, which is godspeed which is wishing someone a a safe journey or a good journey yeah and Mason says, have you ever considered Fort Walton, Kansas? He's like, if you're fancy a journey, yeah. go check out Fort Walton, Kansas. And and uh, Stanley's <laughs> like, uh, no, fuck that shit. I'm going to Maui. Oh, and he's like, no, Maui. no, you should go to Kansas and presses in his hand a piece of paper which says, Fort Walton, Kansas, the name of a church. Look under the, the, like front, the front pew, pews, right like the right, or... the right leg hollow of this front pew and then like and then as stanley is looking at the piece of paper looks up it's like is this what i think it is and then mason's he's like already off in the distance like far away it's a very tango and cash it's amazing (laughs) that he like sort of but it's mythic i love it like he's just gone disappeared faded into the mist 
I love it. He's there like is a no Ford Wong character. Kansas, by the way. I was like, where is that in Kansas? <laughs> I was like, I looked it up and there is no Fort Wong Kansas, but that's cool. Like, whatever. Yeah, that's badass. And, you know, it's all good. So the the cavalry arrives on Alcatraz. Yeah. Paxton is like first to come and find uh, Goodspeed. He asks him what happens to Mason. Goodspeed says he was vaporized, sir. And like Paxton sort of gives a little knowing smile. I love that smile. Like, He's like, oh, cool. Vaporized. cool. Okay, cool, cool, okay. Cool. And then now Womack comes running up. He wants to see Mason's body. And Paxton says, you know, tells him he was vaporized. Right. Womack looks a little bit like incredulous about it. Like, what? That can happen? A body can just vaporize? <laughs> and Goodspeed's like, yeah. Yeah, yes, totally. I'm totally. a chemist. Trust <laughs> Absolutely. Me. Now, we get the movies like kind of coda. Yeah. It cuts to Fort Walton, Kansas. Carla is waiting in the car. It's this classic. I want that car. It's by a the classic way. Volvo. Like, is that the beige Volvo? Yeah, that it looks he like was an old VW Bug. It was a Volvo. I, I paused it. Yeah, and it's I was an like, old car. He talked about I drive a beige Volvo, but it's that's so, a cool ass that, car. That's not say, that's, like the that's, corny nerd Volvo. No, that's that's like a 1970s or 60s. Oh, it was age. sweet. It did have the look of a Beetle, but it was yeah. definitely a Volvo. Um, Goodspeed comes running out of the church, like holding a pew. Vandals! He's, Vandals! <laughs> he's got the pew leg in his hand, and yeah, the, the, the preacher's chasing him. Vandals! Vandals! It's so funny. Uh, he jumps in the car, which is like got the just married in the back. He's dragging cans behind. It's awesome. Beautiful like, country. Yeah, they peel out. Not it's, Kansas. Not at all. There's mountains there. Um, so somewhere in California. We think. We're sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goodspeed is like shaking that roll of film out of the leg of the thing, and he's like looking at it. He asks Carla if she wants to know who really kills JFK as they like ride off into the sunset. And uh, that's pretty fucking mountainous for Kansas. That's all I could think at the end. Absolutely. Michael Bay on the commentary talked about his idea for what a sequel to the movie would have been. No one wants to watch the sequel to they, this. We don't need it, but his no. idea was that, oh, well, now that Goodspeed and Carla have the film, like, that the full weight of the government is falling on them, like, trying to catch them, and that Goodspeed and Carla would get separated, and that Goodspeed would have to enlist the help of Mason to, like, help him, whatever. He doesn't know how to, like, he doesn't he know would how never to contact him. him. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. Now, apparently they shot footage of, like, Mason and his daughter, Jade, riding off into the sunset as well, or, like, driving through Big Sur in the car or something like that, and they they cut it out because they thought it was a better moment for him just to disappear and be gone yeah. rather than you see him again yeah. later. But I think they also said that, like, Connery was like, well, why was that cut out? Like, he wanted that moment in the movie, and they were like, no, trust us, this is better, Sean, like... Your character just has disappeared into the ether, you know, and I think it I think they were right. I think not seeing him ever again is like the right way to play it, like that. He just is there one moment and the next moment he's vanished. I would say one of the two things should have happened if that was the case, that it should have ended with him and Claire Forlani rolling out of the church. Mason and Claire. Yeah. OK. With, they went to go get the film with the microfilm. Huh. Do you want to know who? kill JFK or the film should have ended with the way the film should have ended anyway with there was no resolution with Hummel and his and his crusade for hero soldiers rights or whatever yeah and it should have ended with um with Nicolas Cage's character finding the goods and saying I've got the microfilm 
Yeah. I want reparations I want for justice the soldiers. for these soldiers. I like the idea because as it stands, like there was no justice for the families of the, all the fallen None. Recon Marines. It was, it was Ed Harris's character died. Well, we have the president during his speech, like acknowledging that, yeah, we fucked these guys over. And, and in the it. end, it's like, thank God we got away with it. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's exactly that. They would have been like, well, we want that information back. And we yeah. want and we want Sean Connery's character back. And he we want like, no, we want medals for these deceased soldiers and benefits for their family. And we want we want a medal for Mason. John oh, Mason. Shit. How cool. you can't give him. He's not even a citizen. That would have been awesome. <laughs> and we want recognition for Mason as a as a help as a helper to the United States government. He's like viewed as being dead, though. At this that would have been badass. Though, you would have right? been into it. That would have been insult to injury. Is that the wine talking? <laughs> no, baby. No, you are into that. it. Okay. Well, that's sadly that's not the ending that we got. <laughs> that's not the ending we got it's at not, all. It's not. We get like the you know the the storybook happy ending, right? The super duper happy ending. They drive off into the sunset with the bulldog right in the back, and which like, is also kind of cool. And um. Then we get roll credits. You know, the film is dedicated to Don Simpson. R.I.P. Legendary producer. He died during production of the film. Very sick. He was apparently like a big time uh, recreational drug user and heavy drinker. Oh, I did not and I think, know that. That's I think sad. that was what, I think it was like a lethal cocktail of drugs in his system mm. is what killed him, which is a fucking bummer. Big um, time. He, yeah, he died during filming and they told a story about that the, the cast and crew were trying to keep his passing a secret from Michael Bay because I guess... Like, they thought he would freak out because I think Don Simpson had been, like, a father figure to him almost mm-hmm. or a very close friend. Like, they talked on the phone every night or whatever. Providing like, him drugs. Nick Cage accidentally, like, spilled the beans. I mean, Cage said that no one told him it was supposed to be a secret from Bay. And on one day on the set, he was, like, saying he was having a hard time focusing on the work as given a performance because, you know, he couldn't stop thinking about Don. And he's like, well, what about Don? And he's like, he died. And he's like, what? And shit. Cage is like, holy I've crap. I've never been the one to have informed somebody that someone else died. Oh, my like, God. It was That's heavy. terrible. Like, especially when you just say it casually because you assume the person knew already or something. And he's like, yeah, that's heavy. Um, but another thing that's awesome, it's a hard change of subject. <laughs> yeah, bring it. The the premiere of this movie was done on the island, on Alcatraz. What? Like, oh, that's awesome. They took a big screen out there and generators. I didn't know that. On boats, and they had cranes, and they brought all the shit out there, and they did it like in the yard, you know, like the, rec- the recreation Oh, yard. my God. Everyone Amazing, had to wear jackets. right? Oh, that's awesome. I think conditions, they say, on the island were, like, really fucking rough for filming. As right. you can imagine. It's yeah. like the weather's changing all the time. It's like... Yeah. It'd be foggy and then sunny and then cloudy. And it's like hard to shoot a scene that's supposed to have continuity when the weather changes every 30 minutes. Um, I could totally get it. But they also had to get like trailers, vehicles and porta potties and generators. That's insane. All this out onto the island. Fucking uh, Bruckheimer said they had 10 miles of electrical cable like running around on the island to power everything that needed powering. That's insane. Yeah, he said, I think he said it was the biggest, like, he called it like the biggest cable order ever on a film at that time or something like that, which is fucking buck wild. Um, But everyone loved, like, they spoke about how 
filming on the island like was such a help like that you know you just can't fake that like the age of the buildings and the crumbling facades and all like that shit i think ed harris had described it like and the you, diamond mines on the inside yeah, totally man the fucking <laughs> mine cars and <laughs> suspending whatever the bottomless pits and all this shit. no so michael bay i think they had fallen a little bit behind on filming and uh the producers you know the studio people like wanted michael bay to come in for a meeting yeah and he's like oh they're gonna fucking chew me out because i'm behind and connery had been like well do you want me to come with you Oh, shit. And he's That's like, awesome. He's like, yeah, sure. And so they showed up and like Connery is basically like, hey, he's doing a great fucking job. Just leave him alone and let him work. And they're like, OK. OK. <laughs> Connery, well, I think, was like an executive producer. On yeah, the he film. was executive so producer I on think, the film. Yeah, that's fucking so badass. Like, what do you do when when he walks in and is like, everything's going fine? Everything's fine. This guy's good. Just get off his back. Fuck you, Walt Disney. Bye. <laughs> this movie is fucking great, man. If you have never seen The Rock, I don't even know why you're listening to this. I don't know how you came across this podcast, but drop you, everything. <laughs> go listen. Go go watch it now, and then come back and listen to us. Abandon your family. You yeah. Abandon <laughs> your, you've your already, secret you've, family. You've already, you've, <laughs> you've already made it past the first of the year. Go like fill your secret uh, weekends with this thing. <laughs> it's your secret weekends. <laughs> Action movies galore. This oh, movie is so fucking good. killer. So it's a quintessential to the genre. I'm glad we got to it. Rest Me in too, peace, brother. Sean Connery. I love that man. And um, I love you, brother. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's the wine talking. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, I mean it is. But it, yeah, is. it is. Yeah. Um, well, I love you too, and I'm sure we'll be back soon with something else fresh and amazing. We'll be back. Yeah.